We're back, Bags, live in Amsterdam from Alpenhaus Ski Shop. It's Honorado and Bagnardi with a lot to get to on this week's show, man. I'm, I'm fired up. It's the holiday season. We'll check in, like we said last week, on the progress of your holiday shopping. But we've got major breaking news on today's show. And, of course, you know I like lists. I like trying to rank guys where they belong with some historical perspective. We'll do that with Steph Curry as well on today's show. What is the longest you have really gone for something and then it's failed? I'm sorry, the shortest amount of time. So I'm thinking about Urban Meyer here. What's something you've really gone for it and you gave up? <laughs> What's the quickest time? It would have to be some kind of New Year's resolution. Okay. Yeah, that's or, good. Or you're giving something up for Lent or something like that and it lasts maybe a week. I don't know. We'll get to the Urban Meyer news though here because I'm I'm thinking right along the same lines as you. Like, where do you rank this in terms of just disastrous head coaching tenures? And there are a couple of baseball ones that I have in mind. You're watching Honorado Bagnardi. The breaking news is that the Jaguars have fired Urban Meyer. We're reacting to that next right here. This is Honorado and Bagnardi. Brought to you by Alpenhouse. And we are live at Alpenhouse in Amsterdam. The ski shop, the, the pool and, and boat shop as well, but obviously we're in the winter season. Although, as we do this show on a Thursday, in the capital regions get hit upwards of 60 degrees. Mm -hmm. And then when this airs on TV, bags will be Saturday where it's going to be low 30s. Yeah, no, it's crazy. It's back and forth. Look at already we have a comment, a criticism, Sam here saying that you should have stayed in college. Oh, no, that's probably not you, but maybe. Listen we'll, to me, we'll I would have stayed in college as long as possible. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's yeah, so, where I did my best work was in college. That was a long time ago. Mentally, you might not have graduated. Yeah, that's for darn sure. The breaking news is that the Jaguars have fired Urban Meyer 13 games into his career as an NFL head coach and a 2-11 and record in Yetbags. It is not the record that did it. Now, look, if he were 11-2, and he would still have a job. So is it the record that did it? No, really, it's it's the off-field stuff because he could have gone 1-15 this year. But Shad Khan, the owner, would have said, you know what, I'm, this is the guy I think is right for the job. I'm going to stick with him. It's all the off-field stuff. And the latest bombshell, if you will, was that Josh Lambeau, the former Jacksonville kicker, is accusing Meyer of having walked by him and kicking him in the leg while, while Lambeau is stretching, warming up yeah. for the last preseason game. So this goes back months and the report comes out in the Tampa Bay Times that Meyer may have kicked his own kicker. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting that you bring up the record, though, because you get more leeway I hear you. if the team is winning. And this makes it it makes it easier, right? It makes it an easier decision where you can just kind of pull the trigger automatically and say, he's got to go. We need a culture change because it's not working on the field either. Um, yeah, by all accounts, and there are several things surrounding Urban Meyer, but it seems like maybe not the best guy. I mean, I don't know. I've never met him, but 
doesn't look like he's really the best guy. And if you're not winning on top of it, and of course it's only one year, and you would have that the plan would have been longer term than one year when you bring in this guy and you go get Trevor Lawrence. This is a a multi year plan of building this franchise. Ten back years. Up. Yeah, Ten for years. years. So when you have this drama, the off the field issues, and you're not winning, and you're only in year one of that rebuild, it makes it really easy to say, you got to go. We'll bring in somebody else to work on that culture and and see if there can be somebody who can have a better relationship with Trevor Lawrence and build this thing from the top the way we intended. And we really only lose one year out of this because this wasn't going to be the guy to reshape the culture anyway. So it's not really a huge loss from that perspective, even though it looks like a big swing and miss, right? It's a huge swing and miss. Um, it's a huge swing and miss because it's another one in a line of misses by Jaguars owner Shad Khan. We can talk about the character that is Urban Meyer. I don't think he is a good dude. You're right about that. I mean, look, you know, from the moment he was hired, he then hired a strength and conditioning coach who had been accused of making racist remarks. Right. Meyer openly admitted they were evaluating the roster based on guys' vaccination status. Okay, right or wrong, not something you say. So he's not ready to handle the NFL media, which is crazy because he had been at Florida and Ohio State. Mm -hmm. um, he then apparently kicks his own kicker before the last preseason game. He mismanages the running back situation in Jacksonville. James Robinson's a good player, and he's talking about, well, this is on the running back's coach. The rotation is out of whack. You're the head coach, dude. Right. Get everyone together and, and in line. Mm -hmm. Then you've got the reports that he's calling his assistant coaches losers in front of everybody and challenging their resumes. Uh, and all the while, you'll, you're 2-11, and 11 and Trevor Lawrence doesn't look like he's making real progress in his rookie season. I mean, th there is nothing positive that will come from this time Urban Meyer spent with Jacksonville. And, oh, by the way, you had the video surfacing of him at the bar with a young woman who was not his wife. Right. So – Nothing positive. Maybe. We'll see how it plays out. I mean, this is the kind of thing that maybe a team could rally around and and not that this year is is obviously there's any relevance there, but you know, maybe this is something that in the long run, you know, three years, four years from now, they look back on and say, Well, thank God that happened. That was the exact thing we needed. And of course, a lot of that depends on who they're gonna bring in now. But, you know, sometimes a move like this can rejuvenate a franchise right and can bring guys together to some degree so we'll see the the long-term implications of it um this could be addition by subtraction as far as jacksonville is concerned uh do you feel like this is now an indictment on upper management for for making this move and having it not pan out or this is you're just going to really blame it on meyer and and at the time you thought it was a good hire so it is what it is no, I don't know that I thought it was a good hire. I thought for a Jacksonville Jaguars franchise that has struggled so much, it was worth rolling the dice mm -hmm. to see if he had a little lightning still left in that bottle. I think Urban Meyer's a clown. I've thought that since he uh, left Florida under very suspicious circumstances and then took a job a year later with, at Ohio State. Same thing at Ohio State. It was like kind of left in, in a weird spot knowing that eh, either I'm not going to win here or I'm going to face some kind of punishment coming up. He just is one of those dudes that leaves a program when it's almost at its worst. Um, so I, I do think, though, 
that there's a big part of this that has to fall on the Jags owner and that shot con. Here's a quote that's been circling around this morning. The quote is, this time I got it right. And that was Jaguars owner Shad Khan at the introductory press conference for Trevor Lawrence and then Travis Etienne, who's a running back from Clemson as well, who's out for the year with an injury. He may have gotten it right with Lawrence, but obviously he didn't get it right with Meyer. And that's why this quote is now circulating today as they fired Urban Meyer. Like uh, if he got it right with Lawrence, it'd be the first time he got anything right. Yeah. I mean, what do you expect him to say? Obviously, he's going to say that at, at an introductory press conference. Um, I mean, that kind of stuff is what it is. What's next for Urban Meyer? TV. T- okay. Back on TV again. Okay. Yeah. You, th- you don't think he would try to go back to the college game? Does this does this impact his ability to – I mean, I'm sure it impacts his ability to get a certain kind of job. Does it impact his ability to get a job at all? I mean, these, these no. are not – no, not to say that I'm not going to try to justify any of the things that he's, he's accused of doing or or try to put him in a better light than maybe he deserves. But there's nothing here that is so egregious, right, where it's automatic. You could say, oh, this guy just can't work again. Right? If there's a college football program desperate enough, they will hire Urban Meyer. There won't be an NFL team that ever calls him again. Um, and he will probably just go back into what he was doing before, and that was as a college football analyst. Um, but if there's a college football program that's desperate enough, if there's a team that just feels like, well, we haven't gotten it right, and Texas is popping to mind, a, a program going to the SEC, right, yeah. where he's had success, and you are proud Texas, and you just can't get this thing right. Are you desperate enough that then you call Urban Meyer? I think there is a school out there that would, but he's 57. There isn't a job ready for him now, so he's 58, 59, 60 by the time that job is open. Is he then going back into the game? And then do you still think he can coach and win the way he did? There's a lot at play here, but my point is there is a college program out there that will become desperate enough to call him. Whether or not it it ends up coming together, I don't know, but I'm with you. What he's done here is not bad enough to warrant him never getting another opportunity. He'll get a job before Gruden, right? I mean, I know you you mentioned his hire with the but that there's your one step removed from that whereas Gruden it was direct, right? So to me, he would seem like he would get a job before somebody like John Gruden. Yeah, Gruden goes away forever. Yeah. He's effectively been canceled. Yeah. Um, how about this? In Shad Khan's time owning the Jaguars, 10 years bags, nine losing seasons. They've had one winning season as a franchise, and this goes back to before his ownership, one winning, fr- one winning season as a franchise since 2007. Now, they got all the way to the AFC Championship game and, and should have won that yeah. game at Foxborough. Right. Um, but that's the one time since 07 that they've had a winning season. There's a... Systemic, 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 yeah, problem going on here with this franchise. Okay, and you're blaming ownership. I mean, right? Start you have to. Stop. That's yeah. where you're going. Okay. You have to at some point. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Who do you who do you like as the next fit? Well, there? I, I have the perfect choice, but I can't claim the original idea here. It's from our executive producer Josh Kumjin, okay. Byron Leftwich, offensive Byron coordinator Lefwich, yeah. in Tampa. Played quarterback for the Jags. He's done great things in Tampa as the OC. Uh, You take him away from Brady and have him teach what he knows 
to Trevor Lawrence. That is the perfect guy. If they don't get that thing done the day after the Super Bowl mm-hmm. or or the day after Tampa's eliminated from the playoffs, bad on Jacksonville. This one is a layup. Okay. Yeah, I like it. I mean, he was – was he really popular there when he played there? He was okay. Yeah. He was okay. Yeah, he wasn't um, – Mark Brunel. He wasn't Mark Brunel, and he may not have even been David Garrard. Yeah. So, yeah, but doesn't matter. It seems like he's got it together on, on the coaching front, too. So you're right. I like that. I think that's a good fit. I mean, if Jimmy Smith and, and Fred Taylor and uh, Mark Brunel aren't available. Keenan McCardell. Keenan McCardell. Huh? Yeah, man. I love Great that. Tag teams. Yeah. I love that. All right. When we come back here on Honorado and Bagnardi, uh, the guy, the one guy, in the NBA that I would willingly hand over money of mine to watch play now sits atop the record books in terms of all time, three point field goals made. Where does he rank though in NBA history bags? And I ready to put him in the top five of any kind. We'll talk about it next. Talk about Steph Curry, of course, on Honorado and Bagnardi, live from Alpen House in Amsterdam. Back right after this. Hang on. If you're overweight, if you snore, don't wait for your next physical to find out you have sleep apnea. It could cost you your job. Call Dr. Frederick Dreher at the Integrative Sleep Center for a game-changing alternative in sleep apnea treatment and get a good night's rest. At Marcello's Appliance Center, our commitment is to you, providing essential appliances that families depend on for cooking, refrigeration, cleaning, and sanitation, plus appliance repair. You can have peace of mind that Marcella's is here for you today and every day, like we have been since 1957, helping you make the right choice with trusted brands like Whirlpool, Maytag, KitchenAid, Genair, and many more. Shop Marcella's Appliance Center in-store, online, or by phone. We're here for you. Your quality of sleep can have a huge impact on your health and your relationship. Get your life back with a game changer in sleep apnea treatment. A custom fit mouthpiece from Dr. Frederick Dreyer. It stops snoring instantly. Call the Integrative Sleep Center today. And now, back to Honorado and Bagnardi. Brought to you by Alpenhouse. And that's where you find us, Bags. We are live at Alpen House in Amsterdam, the ski shop where the Hex family just has this thing rolling, man. I know everything seems to be in short supply. They're doing everything in their power to make sure you've got your boots, snowboards, skis, snowmobiles, even down to the snow gear, you need pants and jackets and all that good stuff. So check them out here Route 30 in Amsterdam. All right, Bags, uh, your nets are, are playing well here despite them being so shorthanded with with COVID, and that is running back through every professional sports league now. What a nightmare. I don't know how this thing ends necessarily, how the NFL gets through uh, a postseason the way this is going, but we'll leave that where it is for now because I want to talk about Steph Curry, man. I'll talk about the greatest three-point shooter, the greatest shooter in NBA history. Agreed. And now the record holder for most three-point field goals made. It was Reggie Miller. Ray Allen went by number 31. Not all that long ago, but you knew this day was coming. It's been years, really, in the making where you knew Steph Curry would eventually have this record, and he's got it now, man. I mean, where do you put him? You said agreed, greatest shooter to ever play the game? Yes. So what he did, and I, I know, look, 
there are a lot of factors that go into play of why this happened, when it happened, you know, in terms of where it is in his career. He did this in not not quite half, but like a little more than half the time that it right. took Ray Allen to get to that number. And it's not just about volume because the percentage is is great as well with Steph Curry. So, yes, volume plays a big role when you're talking about a volume stat like this. This is not. Uh, you know, this is about the most in a career. So that literally is volume, right? We get it. But the thing about Steph is the, the immediate reaction from critics are going to be, well, the, the game has evolved now. It's such a different game. Shots are flying up like crazy. The pace of play is so different. So the volume is going to be something that's easier to get to. And we're going to see guys now in the future probably break Reggie Miller, probably break Ray Allen if the pace of play continues the way. You know who number four is? James Harden. Yeah. So I get all that. But there's a reason the game changed. And that reason is Steph Curry. So you have to look at him as as sort of like a – I mean, he's one of the most influential players in all of basketball history. Correct. As a result of how he alone has sort of evolved the way the game has played. So that's why, to me, this record really does stand out as being something that is significant and not just about him taking a million shots and making an awful lot of them. And that's why he broke this record when he did. And look, he's so far ahead of Ray Allen's pace and Reggie Miller's pace for that matter. Yeah, the game has changed. And yes, I'm with you. Curry's the reason it has changed. Curry also has something about his game that those two, those two guys didn't. Those two guys were really catch-and-shoot players. Mm-hmm. Curry plays with the ball in his hands all the time. He so does. if he wants to just step across half court and pull one from 40 feet, he can do that. Uh, he he creates his own shot more than Allen and, and Reg ever did. So he's going to get more shots because he plays constantly with the ball in his hand. Same reason James Harden is as high as he is on this list already. Um, and the range is the other part of it, too. I mean, he's making shots right. from all over the court, shots that when Ray Allen played, when Reggie Miller played, you, you probably get benched if you take because they're not great shots. It. But they're great shots for Steph Curry because of how often he makes them. And say what you want about the volume. The record now that this guy is going to set is, yes, the pace of play is crazy. And guys, like I said, are probably going to near that Ray Allen and that Reggie Miller mark. And we're going to see that surpassed in our lifetimes. I don't know if anybody is going to get to that number that Curry winds up getting when he decides to hang it up. I'm with you. Look, I've said this a bunch on this, well, as as a show. I don't know that it's been on this platform or not, but soon enough they won't be shooting only threes. They'll be shooting fours. Oh, man. So, you know, Curry's three-point record will be safe because they're going to be jacking him up from four-point range. Is Curry a top-five player in NBA history? No. No. First of all, I think to be in the top really – Maybe almost top ten. You, look, you called Curry one of the most influential players in NBA history. Yes. You've called him the greatest shooter in NBA history, yeah. and that's why I might make an exception to what I was just about to say about top ten. I think to be a top ten player, you've really got to do it on both ends of the floor. Whereas Curry is is much more of a one side of the floor player. Okay, 
but I might be willing to make an exception in that regard because of those things I just said about him and his influence on the game in terms of the top 10, but I'm not going to do it for top five. So he's he's not even necessarily a top 10 guy for you, just broad stroke. Hey, is he top 10? Yes or no? Quick. I just said I might, might put him yeah, in. I, I understand, but yeah. you're debating it. Yes, and I cannot put him in the top five because he hasn't done enough on the defensive end for me, for as great as he is, and as great a scorer as he is, like Kevin Durant's a better scorer. Yes. Steph Curry's a better shooter, right? Yep. So, like, he is he is specialized. Not that he's not a good scorer. He can score the ball, too, in ways other than just shooting the three. But he's so hyper-specialized in that one aspect of the game, and it's on one side of the floor, hard for me to then break him into the top five with the likes of Jordan and – LeBron and Kobe and shit. I don't, I wouldn't put Steph Curry ahead of Durant. You wouldn't. No. No. So I just am writing some names down here Jordan, obviously, LeBron, Kareem. Yeah. You can't put him ahead of Kobe. You can't put him ahead of Shaq. You can't put him ahead of Shaq. No. No. Not, not for the, the way that Shaq dominated the floor when he was out there. And and I know, I know Curry can do the, we're talking about Shaquille O'Neal. You remember Shaq, right? Come on. Steph Curry. Here's the thing with Steph that people aren't giving him enough credit on. I don't think when we talk, where does he belong currently? And if he plays another three years at this high level, maybe we have a different conversation then. Uh, I hope to not even know you then. Yeah. He's a multiple time MVP. He is a multiple-time NBA champ. And now he has the record for most threes made. This guy isn't just Kyle Korver. Is he better than Magic Johnson? No. You can't put him out of Magic Johnson. Probably not. No. Probably not. But but again, Bags. So he's not in your top five. I, no, he's not my top five. Okay. All right, uh, but but he's a lot. He's definitely in my top ten. He's a lot closer to my top five than he is probably even to your top ten. I mean, I I, I just think it, you're saying to me like, yeah, okay, he doesn't do enough on one end. Fine, but voters found him valuable enough to yeah. give him the MVP multiple times, won multiple championships. He's the best shooter in NBA history. And again, it, it isn't like he's just a shooter. He's not. You're right. He's an, he's a multiple time MVP. This guy, this guy is a really really good passer. He is. I just think I just think he's unfortunately maybe remembered too much for uh, creating almost kind of a novelty in the NBA with the deep deep three point shots or the the number of three point attempts he he puts up every single game. Whereas he is a great player. Overall, yeah, I think if you're if you're starting a franchise and you can throw in every player who's ever played in their prime and it's some kind of fantasy draft. Steph Curry is not in the top 10 of that in terms of starting your franchise with. Close, yeah, close. I don't know that I can get I don't know that I'm going to 10 before I get to him. Shaq, Kareem, Shaq, Kareem, Jordan, Kobe. You say Magic, LeBron. You're going to give me Durant. I mean, Larry Bird is a guy. Gonna... No, I'm taking Curry over okay. Larry Bird. Okay, fine. I'm just throwing names. 
Um, I'm taking Curry over Bird. I'm taking Curry over uh, Robertson. I'm taking Curry over Duncan, Olajuwon. Who? Bill Russell. I'm taking him over Russell. I'm taking him over Wilt. He's in the top 10. I think you can get him into the top 10. Yeah, top 10 is real close. Real close. It's top five, though. That's what you have up on the board. Fine. It, the answer is no. Fine. I mean, look at this. Sam going. Jerry West and Dr. J. Stop it, I mean, Sam. Look. We like you, Sam. Don't make me say something I don't want to. I think I think Jerry West. I mean, you have to look at who Jerry West played. Like, Dr. J, I think, probably did – did more and he dr j might be one of those guys where starting a franchise maybe you take him before you take steph curry because of everything that he would give you but all-time ranking i got curry ahead of those guys yeah yeah me too all right we've got our pick six coming up here still on on this show what are you looking at there bags am i missing something no sam just said i i like you too chris because you were bragging on him sam's a real viewer I didn't want to say something I might regret about Sam. We like Sam. Hey, by the way, if you can't watch us, uh, we're on iTunes, we're on Spotify. But if you're just hanging out at the house and and you're tired of Christmas music already, just tell Alexa, play the podcast on Toronto Magnardi. She'll do exactly that. We are on Amazon Podcasts. Tell your smart speakers at home, hey, Alexa, play the podcast on Toronto and Bagnardi. All right, when we come back here on Honorado Bagnardi, our pick six, we continue to give away gear from Saratoga Courage to You know what, though? Five and one. He he, he matched my five and one. Yeah, I know you feel good, right? That, yeah, there's nothing you can do about that. Yeah, Bags is feeling good coming off uh, last week's picks. We've got our six games ahead of us here, and we'll recap uh, how we did last week. Looking ahead to week 15. Week 15 in the NFL season, man. It is flying by as it so often does. We're back right after this on Honorado and Bagnardi. Teams. Athletes. organizations we're transforming the custom apparel industry through product and purpose claim your crown get outside and play this winter with alpenhouse we have vocal atomic nordica blizzard Liptech, gnu k2 and more stock arriving daily check out our selection of snowshoes and cross country too perform better with a fresh tune from our in-house experts and the winter Stiger mercury tuning machine alpen house your source for fun for 57 years amsterdam and clifton park center Your weekly NFL Pick'em, presented by Pick 6 Vodka. All right, Bags, let's go. Shout out to our people at Saratoga Courage Distillery, Holly and Serge and Adam. Thanks for being part of this show each and every single week here with the NFL Pick'em, presented 
by pick six handmade vodka bags. How did we do last week, man? You and our viewer did very, very well. Here's yeah. a look at last week. I mean, I did okay. You did. But man, you went five and one, and Joe Calderon was the guest picker. He also went five and one. I'm still 10 games under 500. You're now back to 500. But the viewer still would now run away with this team lead on you. We That's need a big lead with three weeks to go. Yeah. We need the viewer overall Four viewers to go to just take a dive. This yeah. And I don't know that's going to happen. So Joe got five wins. Carol not long ago got five wins. That is really catapulted the viewer did you uh, go six and oh one week no no five yeah. and one's my best haven't had a perfect week yet now joe who was our picker last week he he missed a perfect week perfect six and a week by half a point yeah because he had the browns right two and, covering and a half two and a half against the ravens and by the way the ravens were out of that game man i think it was done yeah. it was 24 to seven or something like that it ends up 24 22 of course it does because vegas just knows but i th i thought that was a bad spread to begin with but apparently it wasn't apparently it was right on the money yeah it was right on the money hey we have football on saturday first of all we have football on thursday yeah. a good game too chiefs uh -huh. chargers we have football on saturday a double header and it looked like that first game was going to be really good but then you get covid running through cleveland like yeah. crazy and now raiders browns and eh. but this is the nightcap this is the 8-15 game, Saturday night, man. Settle in for an NFL game on a Saturday night. Patriots and Colts. Yeah, I got a Brooklyn game Saturday. We'll not be watching this, but I'll be following it. And um, I like New England here. You're going to give me the Pats with the points? Mm. Seems like a no-brainer to me and apparently to everybody else. Yeah, okay. You said you're not going to watch this game because you're watching a Brooklyn Nets game? Yeah, always. You Where know. are they playing? Do you know, top of your head? Yeah, Philly tonight, Thursday. I think they got Denver Sunday. I forgot who Saturday is. Can they just make the Irving Simmons swap now? Like you're playing them. Let's go. Get it over no. with. I mean, the whole team has COVID. They're going to bring back Kyrie anyway. <laughs> Seven guys, health and safety protocols. KD just putting them on his back. It's football goodness. time. Come on. Cowboys Giants. Yeah. Big number here for a road team to be a favorite. Ten and a half points. Dallas, I was. Well, that game got interesting with Washington, but it never felt like I don't that the football team would come all the way back. I looked at my pick last week because I took Washington. I thought this is a disaster. So have I learned my lesson with Dallas here? Ten and a half points, man. That's a lot for a road team. But you know what? No Daniel Jones. Mike Glennon, I don't think so. Dallas goes to MetLife and wins by at least – 11, 14, 17. I think they get to 31, and Giants have a hard time going above a couple of touchdowns. This is a game Dallas underestimates. They go in feeling like this will be no problem. Uh -huh. It's a division game on the road with a team that has nothing to lose, not expected to do much with a bitter, hated Cowboys coming in. They're going to cover this big number. They're not going to win the game, but they're going to cover. So the Giants are the sneaky pick this week. By the way, our guest picker this week, Guy, uh, he is the owner at Scotty's Restaurant in Schenectady. Great spot. Check it out. Um, some great Italian food uh, in Schenectady on Union Street. Fan of the show. 
He's been sharing our stuff. Guy's our guest picker this week, so good luck to him. He's on the Giants. We were all on the Patriots. Yeah. No, no good luck to him. I'm hoping maybe I got a little penny a la vodka out of it. Oh, you know all right. What I'm all right. Uh, Bills at home this week. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen hobbled maybe a little bit by that foot injury. And they are on the brink of being knocked out of the AFC playoff picture bags yep. at seven and six. You got four or five teams at seven and six mm-hmm. at home against a Panthers team that can't figure out their quarterback situation. Is it Cam Newton or not? What are they doing in Carolina? They fire the offensive coordinator. Ten and a half, still a big number for a Bills team that is up and down each and every week. All not right. big enough. No, not, not big enough. For all the reasons you just mentioned, I think the biggest one, though, is that this is a game they absolutely yeah. have to have. You yeah. absolutely have to have it to keep your playoff hopes as realistic as you want them to be. You cannot let a team come into your building. And, and so I'm thinking more along the lines of a blowout with this game, which is why, although it's a little bit bigger than I'd like right now with this Bills team, you remember early on in the year, I was scared off with some of the big numbers. Then we thought, no, no, no. Those big numbers are nothing for this Bills team. Now I'm starting to feel like, right. Um, But I think they'll get it done and cover the big number this time. All right, we're three games into our NFL Pick'em presented by Pick 6 Vodka here on Honorado and Bagnardi. Titans and Steelers. Mm -hmm. This is a game Pittsburgh has to have. If, If Ben Roethlisberger wants to go to the postseason what appears to be his final year with the Steelers, Can they win at home against the Titans? Can they be outright winners or, I guess, lose by fewer than three? I like the Titans in this game, man. And I know you're going to disagree with me here, but I like Tennessee because Pittsburgh just hasn't shown me enough, right? And Tennessee, I know they're playing without Derrick Henry, and that's a major loss for this team. But there's just something about them – I think they'll play enough defense in this game. I'm not overwhelmed with what I've seen out of Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh can go out and and, and look very good. They can go out and just lay an egg. And I don't know. I I see a close game here, and I see Tennessee in the fourth quarter find a way to get the win. And I'm riding the roller coaster that is the Steelers' heel here. I think think we're going to get a good game from Pittsburgh this week. So even though the receiving weapons start coming back, for Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee, I think this is a game where Pittsburgh rides the up swing of the wave that, that has been their season here so far. So I don't, I don't know that it's all that pretty, but I'm going to pick Pittsburgh to win, and obviously, therefore, cover. This is the most unpredictable game of the week in our pick six. This really could go either way. Okay, I I think it's the next one for me. I think the next the next one for me, this was tough for me to pick. Couple of seven and six teams, just like Buffalo. Again, you got a handful of teams in the AFC fighting for that final playoff spot right now at seven and six. Here are two of them. Cincinnati at Denver. Denver, the home team, a slight, slight favorite here, Bags. And with all the offensive firepower Cincinnati has with Mixon and Burrow and Chase, does Cincinnati have enough to go on the road a mile high to win? Yes, they do. Who day, right? Who day? Listen yeah. to you. This wasn't that hard for you. And, and clearly, look, you just mentioned all the weapons they have. They're going to be okay here going on the road in this game. Look, we all agree. 
So that must mean it's right. You know, I'll say this. I, I haven't gone back and looked at the stats, but in the games when all three of us pick a team, mm. Mm. I think it's uh, you're going to notice it's a much higher winning percentage there, which makes sense because it's probably a game that's a little bit more obvious. But I think it, it might be a drastic difference. Will Will you do the research in the coming week to find out? No, absolutely not. Um, we got to get Nick. Nick in here. It's the who day. Nick is the guy. I almost feel like now, just for Nick, I have to pick the Bengals every week. Every week. I know. I hear you. He beat us, didn't he? He beat us. No, I haven't played Nick. Played James. Oh, we didn't play Nick? Yeah, we played James, and, oh. and we do owe James. James beat us. Mm. Okay. Yep. James beat us. Uh, final one. Uh, final one of the week here, Bags. This is game six on the slate. It's the Sunday nighter. Tampa. At home against the Saints team again. Who's their quarterback? Uh, Drew Brees. Big number, but it's a home game. It's Brady in prime time. And so Vegas is saying, yeah, the Saints haven't figured out their quarterback situation yet. So we think 11 and a half is the right number. I'm on Tampa, baby. I love the fact that I'm the only one on Tampa sure. here. Brady in prime time at home. Lock it in. Big number. Forget it. Yeah, Tampa Bay will win the game. It's just a question, obviously, uh, for me and for for Guy here about can they cover that spread? I think so, man. Division game. Yeah, I don't look. Brady could go off. We know that he could do that on any given night, any given day, any given Sunday, any given Thursday, any given Saturday, any given Monday, and then the the score all of a sudden ten points is nothing because they're yeah. up by you know. Yeah. Seven in the first half but something about division opponent i think they keep it close enough close enough now that i'm looking back on this i'll throw up the games here in a second I, i've realized that i've picked three teams to cover double digit spreads <laughs> yeah that's probably the first time you've done that all year that's rare in the nfl rare this, in the nfl you can't predict anything it's that would come together the way it would here we go we're all on new england saturday night in indianapolis i'm alone on dallas that's a 10 and a half point number yikes we're all on buffalo bags flying solo with tennessee okay everybody's on cincinnati and i'm the only one brave enough to pick brady at home on a sunday night so if tennessee beats pittsburgh we win because all of my picks are in line with Guy. Guy other than that one. that one. So if we if if Tennessee wins that, we automatically defeat the viewer. If Pittsburgh wins, and obviously it's going to come okay. down to you with Tampa Bay and with Dallas. Dallas. So we'll see. But that that Tennessee game could swing it all immediately in our yep. favor. Yep. Oh, would be a loss for you. If not, going to come down to, to Brady and to the Cowboys. Yeah, because we will know by the time we get to Tennessee and Pitts, you know, we'll we'll be watching both Dallas right. and Tennessee at the same time. We'll know going into Sunday night whether or not it hinges on Brady getting it done for us or not. Okay. Yeah, that'd be fun. That could be fun. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Okay. Good stuff. Rooting um, for Brady. Yay. He bound to do it. 
I don't know why, but all of a sudden I got to root for Brady all these weeks. Although not this week, but uh, no. somehow it's like he left and I, and I have to root for him now in certain scenarios because it's not just the automatic hated Patriots. Right. Yeah. Brutal. Uh, when we come back here on Honorado and Bagnardi, uh, it is the home opener this weekend, Bags, for the yeah. Albany Firewolves, man. Indoor lacrosse is back in the Capital Region. The Times Union Center will play host to the Firewolves' first home game, and it'll be the Rochester Nighthawks coming in to take on the Firewolves. We're going to talk with an Albany Firewolves star, Andrew Q. You're going to. I'll do it. I'll do it alone. I'll, let me let me play KD here for a moment. Okay. Yep. Let me beat Durant for a moment. I'll carry this thing for a little bit. All right. Yeah. You come back in and clean stuff up later. We're live in Amsterdam at Alpenhaus on Route 30. We're back right after this with Andrew Q from the Albany Firewolves. Recap. Don't get banished to the couch. Dr. Frederick Dreyer can help with a custom fit device you can't see or hear. Just pop it in and get a good night's rest. Call the Integrative Sleep Center today. Now that's more like it. Teams. Athletes. Organizations. We're transforming the custom apparel industry through product and purpose. Claim your crown. And now, back to Honorado and Bagnardi. Brought to you by Alpenhouse. And we're back on Honorado and Bagnardi and the lead up this week to the home opener of the Albany Firewolves, the return of indoor lacrosse, box lacrosse to the Capital Region. It is here, everybody. And joining me now is Andrew Q, one of the stars from this Albany Firewolves team. Four goals, two assists in the season opener at Toronto. Andrew, man, it's it's good to see you. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for having me, Chris. I appreciate it. Uh, all right, take me back to... The home taking back to the season opener and now the anticipation that has had a couple of weeks to build here for the home opener uh, on Saturday night at the Times Union Center. Do you do you guys feel like this isn't a brand new team? I know you know a lot of the guys on this squad, but do you feel like after one game under your belts, you're really ready to show out tonight? Yeah, I think uh, I think it's kind of that's kind of a weird situation with the first week and then second week you're on a bye. Yeah. So it makes it even, you know, it makes it even more anticipated. I think we're, uh, we're really ready to go. Um, we're excited to get to Albany. Uh, and, you know, the first game there, the home opener, we know that um, President George Manius has been really working to get, you know, people in the arena. And um, I think it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a fun atmosphere. And, yeah, we couldn't be more excited about it. One of our local guys, World Series champion Ian Anderson of the Atlanta Braves, is going to be the honorary captain, I know. So maybe on the field pregame, he's doing a little meet and greet before the game as well. So you said it, George is, is pumping this thing up as much as possible. There'll be a party beforehand uh, at the Times Union Center in the atrium as well. Um, talk to me about this team, though, Andrew, as you guys take the field in front of fans that haven't yet seen you play in person. Of course, the games are are accessible either on TV or online, but when the home crowd really gets to see you guys, 
what is the style that is now returning to Albany that hasn't been here in, in quite a long time? Yeah. So coming over from New England, it's, a, you know, we're the same team, um, mo- mostly the same team, a, a core group of guys. And I think our identity is just a team that we really, you know, we're built from the back out, you know, the back end out, meaning our goalie, um, we believe is, is probably the best goalie in the league. And Dougie Jameson, we have a lot of faith in him. Um, and then our D is just a good group of, you know, a mixture of veteran guys, older leaders, and then young, really young athletic guys. So um, we can push the ball in transition. We like to play really fast, uh, get a lot of transition opportunities. Um, and then, you know, we have a, we have a great group up front uh, on the offensive side. Uh, a lot of talent and you know we play we we like to play as a team and, and share the ball as much as possible so uh you know i think they you know fans can just expect really high paced uh a really high paced game and and a team that you know will battle um you know to the last whistle and man this is such a fast sport um when there are positions that are just transition players like you know guys are going to come flying on and off the field as possession changes, um, what? Why is that maybe an advantage this team has playing fast, as you mentioned? Why is that something that the Firewolves want to make sure you're always playing? Well? Yeah, well, I think we're you know in this league with teams that are so close, those transition goals are going to be you know those are those will be the difference makers in the game potentially, right? So um, if you can get those. If you can get, uh, you know, a few transition goals a game, play fast, get that loose ball up out of your end and, you know, really, you know, get down the floor quickly and, and have a lot of opportunities in transition, you got a better chance to win. And that's, you know, that's, uh, that's kind of our look at it. You didn't go a long time without lacrosse just because that you also play PLL, but the absence of the indoor game, right, because of COVID cutting the postseason short where you guys were the one seed, um, and then the gap between playing this year. What did that do, maybe, if anything, Andrew, kind of to fuel the, the fire you have, not to, no pun intended here as a Firewolves player, <laughs> but uh, maybe just to even make you hungrier to, to step out on the home field? Well, what it really does is it makes you look at, you know, what you had before and not take it for granted, right? You're mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you, you, you look at maybe the travel that we do every weekend. And while you're, you're used to having that every weekend, you, you know, you're complaining about it. And then you get, you get two years off, no lacrosse. You don't get to play in front of fans, in front of family, friends. And you really, you know, you, you take it for granted when, uh, when you have it. And that's kind of what um, the way I looked at it during COVID. I, you know, I tried to um, just stay, you know, stay as hungry as possible and, and do, you know, do some things on, obviously on your own in quarantine, uh, you know, stay in shape and, and watch film. Um, I think that was one thing that I really took it. Like, I think you just, I kind of switched, you know, to watching, to watching a lot of lacrosse and, you know, trying to learn while you don't have anything going on, um, at that time. And, um, but yeah, it just, it, it fuels you and, and, uh, and we couldn't be more ready to go um for this you know for for this next one coming up here firewolves uh play at home this week it's the home opener you can go albanyfirewolves.com easiest way to get tickets uh if you're not able to go we've got the game for you here at news channel 13 our sister station my four has you covered and one of our sports anchors ashley miller will be on the sidelines 
uh, Andrew, for each and every single home game as part of that broadcast crew, Ashley Miller. So I'm sure you'll uh, you'll see her plenty of practice um, the day before and then obviously uh, during game day as well. Like I said, it's a 7 o'clock face-off on my four or get your tickets, albanyfirewolves.com. Um, All right, what kind of atmosphere can we expect here? Um, I think the, the game, I'm sure – maybe hasn't changed a ton, but when people get settled in for face-off or the lead-up to, uh, what is it that goes on in a game, the indoor game, that makes it so different from the outdoor game, aside from the dimensions of the field, the pace of play, any of that. I know it's a shorter shot clock, but all that's but, – but the stuff that adds to the game, how much of that do you make note of, do you pay attention to, and – and what should fans expect? Yeah, I think, you know, some a lot of a lot of people describe the game as kind of a mixture of basketball and hockey, right? In in the box across game, and you'll see a lot of pick and rolls on the offensive end. You'll see a yep. lot of contact on the D end. I think fans just expect uh, a lot of you know, rough game, probably something that maybe other than hockey you don't see a lot of. A lot of you know, cross checking, slashing, big hits. Um and just fast paced, the ball moves really quickly up and down the floor, lots of goals, uh, occasionally the old fight. Uh, it's just like, there's a, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that, uh, you know, are fun as a fan to watch this game. Um, and I think they should expect a good atmosphere and, and a fun game to watch. What, if anything, is there to home field advantage? Do you, do you notice it from your days having played in this sport? How, how big can the home crowd be for Albany? Yeah, absolutely. You know, if you, if you, when you go to other rinks and, you know, they're full and they're loud and uh, you, you, you know, uh, and even in New England, when it got loud there, you just, you build off that, uh, you build off that, right, as a team. And um, when the fans are into it and behind you, um, it's, you know, it's a lot of fun and, and, and helps us win. So for sure. All right. There'll be a little bit of a holiday break here after the home opener, but the Firewolves also played two home games in the month of January. There it is, bottom of your screen, Saskatchewan on the 8th, Halifax on the 29th. That game on the 29th, I believe it was a 7.30 faceoff, but again, albanyfirewolves.com, the easiest place to get all the info you need on the team, on the schedule, and certainly for tickets as well. Andrew, man, it's, it's been fun meeting you here, first of all, for me. Uh, it's great to have lacrosse back in the Capital Region. I know so many people are, are fired up about it, the success of the Albany program, the Siena programs, I think really is is going to drive the interest here during your first season in Albany. And uh, and I know that uh, ownership and team president George Manius is certainly expecting that to translate in terms of fans' interest. But uh, I know you guys will put a great product on the on the field. There's no doubt about that. So I'm pumped to see it Saturday night at the Times Union Center, seven o'clock um, against Rochester. Good luck Saturday night, man. Thank you for taking the time to hang out with us. Get outside and play this winter with Alpenhaus. We have Focal, Atomic, Nordica, Blizzard, LipTech, GNU, K2, and more stock arriving daily. Check out our selection of snowshoes and cross-country, too. Perform better with a fresh tune from our in-house experts and the Wintersteiger Mercury Tuning Machine. Alpenhaus, your source for fun for 57 years. Amsterdam and Clifton Park Center. 
At Marcello's Appliance Center, our commitment is to you, providing essential appliances that families depend on for cooking, refrigeration, cleaning, and sanitation, plus appliance repair. You can have peace of mind that Marcella's is here for you today and every day, like we have been since 1957, helping you make the right choice with trusted brands like Whirlpool, Maytag, KitchenAid, Jenner, and many more. Shop Marcella's Appliance Center in-store, online, or by phone. We're here for you. And now, back to Honorado and Bagnardi. Brought to you by Alpenhouse. All right, we are live at Alpenhouse in Amsterdam, Route 30, the ski shop here, Bags. Get a little bit of a better look at what's behind us with this shot, right? Yeah. Dude, yeah. Right. Hey, and even a grill. Hey, I know plenty of people who grill while it's snowing. Boy, that's a lot. That's a lot, a lot harder on the abs than it should be these days. And you've got the worst Oof. back in the world. Your back is worse than Larry Bird's when he was at retirement. You're not kidding. It's all sciatic nerve, man. PT, once a week, stretching it out, heat. Oh, it's brutal. Get it, it's it's really bad getting old. It really is. I mean, it beats the alternative, but getting old yeah. is I'm already there, as, uh, as Ashley says to me. There's no getting about it. You've arrived at yeah. old yeah. Uh, destination reached. Uh, the breaking news here today is that Urban Meyer's been fired by the Jaguars. Uh, not in my original idea, but Byron Leftwich sh should get the job. That, to me, is a no-brainer, slam-dunk guy to bring Trevor Lawrence along. Tom Coughlin too old? <laughs> He's got the Jacksonville connections. Yeah, he already was fired from there. Yeah, um, come on, bygones be bygones. Yeah, again, I mean, who's even fired from a front office position? Right. Who's, who's the next coach to go? Because you know we get mm. six, seven, eight of these every year. Gruden is one. Yeah. Urban is two. Gruden was different, but yeah. Okay, but still, a firing's a firing, right? I mean, if we're going to talk about how many open jobs there will be at the stinks? end of the year. Jets stink, but they're not. Lions stink. Two first-year head coaches, Dan Campbell and Robert Sala. You're going to fire one of those guys? No. I don't think no. so either. Right. I don't know. Mike Zimmer's a name that people have talked about in Minnesota. He's been there for a while, and it just isn't working. But but this is a team that's still got a shot to reach the playoffs. Uh, you don't says Nagy in Chicago. Nagy, yes. Nagy will be fine. Good. Yep. Uh, does David Cully, is he a one and done in Houston? That's been a nightmare. Yeah. One and dones are tough, but in football, you're more likely to see a one and done in football, I think, than in any other sport, right? So definitely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I'm just looking through the standings here. You know, Pete Carroll doesn't get fired, although Seattle hasn't been very good. Uh, I don't see a lot here. I don't see a lot here. No. So. Maybe we only get three or four, but Nagy for sure that he'll be the third. And then maybe you get a fourth or a fifth before the season's out. Yeah. All right. How's your Christmas shopping going? Because we, we got to get this in because you teased it. Status quo from our last conversation, but I had done all What does of the that mean? I had You've done, done a thing in a week? Yeah, correct. <laughs> um, but I, I was pretty much done this time last week anyway. I just have some little stuff to fill in here and there, but all the, all the big purchases have been made um, and are either wrapped or on their way. You're done with Ashley. I am. Yeah. 
Are you I've got done a little with Elisa? work to do in that department. Um, yeah, no, I'm done with Ashley, but Elisa, I've got to. For, um, yes, the the wrapping is ahead of where it normally is. I am a Christmas Eve like a <laughs> madman. Me too, but I have reading it. Yeah, me too. I have wrapped early this year, basically as I bought. But here's my thing. I generally shop really late, so mm. therefore I'm wrapping really late. I got a lot of stuff done around Thanksgiving, maybe the, the like Cyber Monday, I was good. Yeah. Went out to places and took advantage of that small business Saturday deal. So I was early on, so I had it in the house, and I thought instead of it being found in a closet somewhere, let me wrap it, get it under the tree, and then that way there's no right. snooping going on. Right. Here we got one more on the coaches. Tomlin or Harbaugh. I think Tomlin dies with the Steelers. Right? He'll be there forever. And there's no way John Harbaugh's can John Harbaugh can fire from no. Tomlin gonna be there a long time. I think this is an interesting thought here. Is Joe Judge done in New York? One more. Yeah. He, he he jason garrett was the sacrificial lamb for this year's lack right. of success right so judge continues on for sure uh what happens first we get a pause in the nba season or the nfl season because of covid well i ain't gonna see it in the nfl um but i'm worried that I, i'm i'm starting over the last week or so maybe it's just a little bit more personal because it was my team that was directly hit here in the nba with the nets yep. seven guys out but I'm I'm starting to feel like the way things are going nationwide with hospitalization numbers going up and deaths going up and the the new variant I know it's not as you know serious a variant but you still have delta out there too and now omicron is spreading in multiple states I worry that we could be headed toward another pause it would be terrible I don't think we'll get to the point of playing in bubbles again oh. uh, but it just the way the way it's going, it's it's not looking great, but I'm going to hold out hope that we do not have a pause in any season. Preemptive pause, maybe right, maybe not even out of necessity, but maybe Adam Silver says, you know, we're like Giannis entered health and safety protocol. The more stars that get hung up in some of this stuff, LeBron was caught up in it for a couple yeah. of days. Maybe then Silver says, let's take a break. Let's take a break. And well, I don't want to play too many games here without our superstars on the court. Right. Let's take a little bit of a break here. Maybe not because we have to, but because it's good for the sport. Maybe you just bookend the all-star game with a little extra time built in and just cram in the games at the end of the year. Not that that's ideal heading into the playoffs, but certainly making schedule adjustments is better than just having no schedule at all. Uh, we're live on location again next week, live from Novice Clothing Company headquarters okay. in Albany. Joseph Gerard III, who is one of their uh, NIL athletes, will join us on the show. Thanks for hanging out and watching Honorado and Bagnardi, everyone.